Unconscious Bias Project. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Unconscious Bias Project podcast. This is your host, Lynette Mara, and I'm the executive director of the Unconscious Bias Project. And today I am proud, thrilled, honored, humbled to have Aisha Walker join us today. She is an exceptional mother, social entrepreneur, artist, and educator. Alchemist, she creates opportunities for herself, family, and community, really transforming pain into passion and empathy into action. She is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Be Imaginative, a collection of artists, healers, and community leaders who are dedicated to healing black and brown communities through creative storytelling. Right now, before we get going, check out beimaginative.com. That's B-E-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-V-E.com. Welcome, Aisha. I am so happy to have you here. Well, Lynette, thank you so much for the invitation as I just want to name that it is so important to have real allies who support us in this movement of liberation for Black people and to fall into your hands and to be held and to be honored uh, for my story without watering down my story. And all of my Blackness in this climate is essential. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I feel like we're extremely lucky that you are sharing some of your energy, your knowledge, wisdom, accumulated experience, and your true self here for us. That's just, I'm failing at the words to describe like how how humbled I am and how excited I am that our mutual friend Selena was able to connect us. I really, um, yeah, I, I received that. I'm just going to sit in that and receive that. I appreciate you. Thank no, you. Thank you. So for our listeners out there, we are recording this podcast Friday, June 25th, 2020, during probably one of the most difficult and transformative times for the United States and the world. Coronavirus pandemic is going strong. Structural and systemic inequities, racism, xenophobia are worsened for so many folks. And to top it off, and possibly more importantly, we've had 10 days and nights of protests ignited by the senseless murder, no, 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 the senseless lynching of George Floyd. And I read a report recently saying that this might be the biggest organized protest for any kind of civil rights in the U.S. with support around the world. So it's like, you know, if you... If you aren't in the U.S. right now, if you aren't in the Bay Area right now, if you aren't in Minneapolis right now, like this is a this is an incredible time. It's a really hard time, and we're just unable to turn away from this reality. Um, so it's yeah, the, it's sort of bringing in that context for us, Aisha. We initially uh, reached out to you way before any of this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Selena told me about your group, Be Imaginative. And what stood out to me at the time was this, you know, gorgeous video of mothers of our ancestors. And to, to back up a little bit more, like, what is Be Imaginative? Where, where did it start from? Wow. So it's so, it's like, when I think about Be Imaginative, like we are a constellation of all of these beautiful, amazing, exceptional human beings who have all these different gifts, all these stories, all these experiences that 
honor our blackness that really bring in transgenerational healing for ourselves as individuals first. So there's all these different experiences that we all had individually that were kind of cooking like at different times. Like, so I think about like preparing a whole meal, right? There's the garden, Mm -hmm. there's picking the food, there's stuff marinating in the fridge. There's probably stuff in the oven, there's stuff soaking. Like I think about it like that. And it's difficult to bring it down to one singular experience because it's nothing but spirit. Like this is straight up spirit because um, my connection to sparking what is now Be Imaginative came out of my own grief, my own sadness, my own pain of growing up in Richmond, California as a black woman being impacted by a number of issues that disproportionately impact people who come from places that I come from and who look like people who look like me. Mm-hmm. So one of those issues being um, like miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And that was my, that was my link. That was my way in. I, I was pregnant with my twin babies and I, I didn't give birth to them. And that experience was so painful for me. Um, I feel like when instances like these happen, it's for a larger purpose, right? That mm-hmm. I'm not sorry for. I just want to name that. And mm-hmm. that this experience, was it, it was meant to happen the way that it happened mm-hmm. because it was my connection to my babies that I decided that I will stay in connection to them. I decided that I will soak in this grief and let it marinate me. I decided Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to allow it to do whatever it's supposed to do. I knew intuitively that time that I was sitting in depression, like I just had faith that it would pass. Actually, I don't even know that I thought that far, but I just was in it. I remember making a decision to build a relationship with them. And that's such an African and ancestral tradition to Mm. honor the ancestors, to hold them near and dear to whatever it is that we do, to name them, to remember them, to honor them, to respect them. And that's what I chose to do. And I really thank God for my cousin, Monifa, who I was just talking to this morning and I'm like, As I'm telling the story of who I am, Monifa Akosua is such a huge piece of who I am because it was the two of us that decided we wanted to disrupt like these patterns in our family. And Mm -hmm. so we knew that it had to start with healing ourselves as individuals. Mm -hmm. So my healing work, part, some of my, part of my healing work was with my twin babies. And I remember naming them. I named them Molly and Asada. I threw a party for them. I um, I created an, a space for them to honor them. And I remember standing in front of my space that I honored in my altar. And I had, I was envisioning my twin babies in my arms. And as I was thinking of them and honoring them, I literally it was like I literally, I, I the idea of be imaginative came straight to me. Wow! Like 
like it literally, I didn't know that that was what it was. And I thank God for my former partner, BJ McBride, who really helped to bring in B. Like I had all these different ideas and didn't necessarily know how to bring it about. And then we also had this powerful connection because I BJ BJ had called me in. This was before Be Imaginative had even started, before we even decided to be partners. BJ called me in to help out with some work for soul development. And this is where I say like all these different, it's like all these different components of B were like already cooking <laughs> before B was even B. <laughs> They called me in to help out with Soul as they were working on their album, The Soul of Black Folks, which is one of the most phenomenal pieces of art. It is a masterpiece. And especially in this movement for Black liberation, their music is what gets me through this time right now. Between that and my prayers and my community, I lean in on that as a tool. Um... And so BJ had already been doing all this community work. Um, They called me in to photograph this uh, beautiful, 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 beautiful experience, uh, community experience in response to Mario Woods. And it was a space that BJ and Soul had cultivated in community with community partners that really centered art. And they raised money for Mama Gwen Woods. And that was one component we knew that we wanted to have a Be Imaginative was the community, the community mm-hmm. healing, the community, the, sh- the sharing of these powerful narratives through art, photography, graphic design, through mural creation, through um, music, especially having community leaders in this space. Like we knew that that was what we wanted to do. And that's our community activation side of it. And mm-hmm. that was the beauty that BJ and Soul Development brought to be. And um, I knew that we had to have this intimate, something more intimate healing experience for people who have been impacted by high volumes of trauma. Because I knew through taking care of myself, slowing down, going into my grief, going into the pain, not running from it, it, I, it, it created opportunity for me to be guided. Hmm. Like, and it's, I think this is really essential, especially in a time like this, where everybody mm-hmm. wants to go, 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 go. I'm activated. Oh my God, I got to do something. I got to do something, which is fine. And there's a time for that. And I understand like, this is a powerful time for that. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the coin, because we know that all things in nature, I know that all things in nature have the both and on the flip side, the rest, the stillness, the being present with myself is what allowed me to be imaginative, right? And I knew that I wanted to have these healing spaces. I knew that I wanted to create artwork that came out of these healing spaces that challenged dominant narratives that really focused on narratives of hope, healing, resilience, of love, of Blackness, 
Oh my God, I'm getting chills thinking about this because <laughs> this is like, <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing I've ever been a part of in my life. And oh. I, and and we in the community activation space, the the art show that like literally those three things came to me as I was connecting to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. I saw it, I saw it very clearly. I saw the intimate gatherings. I saw the artwork that came out of it. It was conceptual artwork that came out of it, and I saw the art show. Hmm. Now, my mm-hmm. former partner, whom I just I really admire the way his mind works. Because he's a, I always, always refer to him as the puzzle master because (laughs) he can see where I'm like all over the place. He can see ways that things come together so seamlessly, right? Like even him deciding to bring soul development and Mino Yancey together, who, oh my God, the music, he is, (laughs) he's brilliant. Um, and coupled with my attention to detail and the intricacies of care and my nurturing ability to really see people. And it, it just, I remember being really scared to tell BJ my idea because, you know, I'm here I am a woman, I'm a, a quote unquote minority, knowing damn well I'm not really not my, my minority. That word is like not even the right term to use, but yeah. Um, I remember being so afraid to speak my truth. Hmm. And one day I was like, you know, I have to, I have to say this to him. I have to tell him. And I, I told him about the model with what is now the model. And I, and he just affirmed it. He was like, why don't we just do that every time? I was wow. like, oh, oh, what an <laughs> affirmation. And we tried it and we went to Sacramento and it was so nerve wracking because I got to a point where I'm like, what the hell is I thinking doing this? Like what, I, like I'm signing up for holding space for mothers and families who have lost children to gun violence. Like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, and let me back up a little bit even more because <clears throat> like the connection that I, that I had to my ancestors so my twin babies, Molly and Estada, gave me an empathy that I never had before. Now, mind hmm. you, I have, I, I grew up in Richmond. I'm from Richmond. Mm-hmm. I, I have experienced gun violence for a very long time. Hmm. However, I could not serve in the way that I serve now had I not had that experience of losing my children even Mm -hmm. though it didn't happen in the same way even though it didn't happen in the same way it was a connection to my own grief that connected me on another level to especially mother's grief and in the black community like mothers oftentimes are the center of a family even if dad Mm -hmm. is there you know like Mothers have that nurturing, holding, like all that beauty. And we know that when we serve our mothers, we can serve an entire family. So that's why we start with mothers, though this is not just a space for women. It's it's a space for men also, which is one of my favorite, my favorite experiences is watching quote unquote strong black women break and just release mm-hmm. and watching quote unquote strong black men 
soften and release through tears, through like feeling into the pain. It's, it's some of the most beautiful experiences because we create these safe spaces for us to just be in our most authentic state. So if that's in the grief, that's in the grief. It's in, if it's in the love, it's in the love. I mean, it's always in love. Sorry. If it's in the joy, it's in the joy. Mm. Um, and I remember our very first healing experience in Sacramento that we did um, where we, we had community partners who really helped us and aided us. And I just really want to shout out um, Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby for connecting me to Uncle Bobby's Oscar Grant's uncle for connecting me to Mama Gwen Woods. And, you know, it was so funny because this is another experience where it's like, okay, all these things are like the the universe is conspiring and making this happen because soul development had already put on this experience for Mama Gwen Woods. I run into, I run into um, Uncle Bobby because uh, he was invited to the school that I teach at to speak. We connected and this was, yeah, this was before we even had our first retreat. And he said, you know, who you need to talk to, you need to talk to Mama Gwen Woods. I contacted Mama Gwen Woods and she would just mentor me and coach me and hold me in love. And it's so amazing, her strength. And when I say strength, I don't mean that as in the traditional sense of strength, but her ability to show up for herself, her mm-hmm. her ability to stand in her truth, her ability to really be who she is in her most authentic state and to honor herself and her ancestor child. Oh, the way she honors Mario with Mario Woods Day, the way she honors him and the media that she allows herself to be part of that honors him. Oh, she's been such a phenomenal teacher to us. And mm-hmm. she pretty much held my hand and really told me, she said, you have to be very gentle. I want to attribute some of my gentleness to her. <laughs> she showed up that first day with us. I'm just like, uh, I'm just sitting here sort of <laughs> overwhelmed by by the sheer bravery, just even of deciding to sit with grief, mm-hmm. deciding to sit with, you know, there's lots of people that talk about meditation and mindfulness and being present. And it is one thing to be mindfulness and present when you're, I don't know, busy or something. <laughs> and it's a whole nother thing to be mindful and present in loss and mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in loss and grief of your own kin, your own children, your own babies. And for, you know, those listeners that uh, might not know her, Gwen Woods, uh, you should check her work out at the Justice for Mario Woods Coalition. That level of strength and belief in coming out on the other side of such an experience, I'm (laughs) I'm just sitting here in sheer awe of the journey that took you into into creating the imaginative um to be able to have somebody be there you know to bring that shared experience a different experience but that shared experience of loss and of passing through it of like sitting with it Uh, you you talked about the quote unquote strong black x right 
such a, a stereotype or a, you know, a forced persona that doesn't permit, doesn't allow softness, doesn't allow emotion, doesn't allow vulnerability, um, which is such an important, uh, you know, space for transformation. Um, yeah, that's, and- the, that's the attribution of ca- a capitalistic society. I mean, you know, we can talk about Black folks, and I think it also has a lot to do with, um, you know, the way that society sets us up and oftentimes in many different workspaces where we ha- we the same applies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. We have to take a tiny break for a little announcement, and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Seth. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm one of the audio editors and volunteers here at UBP. The Unconscious Bias Project brings creative, accessible, evidence-based solutions for unintentional bias to academic, technological, governmental organizations, and beyond. We sustain a welcoming home for inquisitive and creative minds and encourage a growth mindset, working by the model 0% guilt, 100% empowerment. Please subscribe or follow our Facebook and Instagram for the latest in events and how you can learn more and be involved. Also, take a moment and check out our guest website and learn more. Look for that information in the description section of your podcast or on our website. KQED Arts has a documentary coming out about the power of resilience um, when the waters get deep it's a documentary really bringing in the stories all of these different pieces of resilience particularly highlighting the beauty of soul development and their music and their stories the beauty of be imaginative and it is so beautifully narrated the stories told by kariga bailey and um I just want to really lift that up because it's coming soon. And we have a series, The Alchemy of Grief, hosted by yours truly and Shirley Johnson, who is my near and dear friend to members of Be Imaginative Collective. And yes, I'm excited about the possibilities and what is coming up and all the projects that are coming out of soul development and all of the projects that are coming out of Be Imaginative. Just really thankful for each collective member because we all have our individual selves and our individual projects, and we also have our collective projects, and there's so much beauty and alignment. Be Imaginative has collaborated with The Remedy. It's at the song Remedy on Instagram where we create virtual healing spaces for community. So we're here talking with Aisha Walker, and she just, you know, bombed us with how Be Imaginative came to being and the deep, uh, you know, incredibly deep, incredibly powerful path that took you there and sort of all these puzzle pieces, all of these these gears, the like 
I don't know, lives and energies and, and people coming together at such a, you know, transformative time for you to just lock into place to be be imaginative. You're just um, telling me about sort of the stillness and transformation and what brought you to your first Be Imaginative event. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear more. Well, what was that like? Um, how did you, you know, <laughs> first time ever tell people, come on, let's be vulnerable together. I, at this point, I had been doing all this healing work on myself and really allowing myself to stand in my authenticity and to be honest with myself on where I was and my process of being, of just being a human being. So this is like so much unlearning I had to do Hmm. so much, like (laughs) so much conditioning and training that I had to do to prepare, to even be ready to be in a space to hold for mothers and families like this, this, this level of grief. Um, and I just want to attribute a lot of that, like I said, to Monifa and also my friends, like my friends really came together to help me out a lot. Um, I remember the day before the healing retreat in Sacramento, um, my friends had gathered around me and prayed, like really prayed over us, over me, um, and, my my dear friend Shirley Johnson, who is also part of the Imaginative Collective, she is a healer, she is a therapist, Kundalini yoga instructor, and so much more. Uh, she and I have a series coming up, The Alchemy of Grief, mm-hmm. and you can check that up. You can check it out on the Imaginative Collective Instagram. That's coming soon, and um, you know we. She she gave me the affirmation because I remember I wanted her to come so badly, but she was she was unavailable that weekend, and she just said, you know, just remember like to stay in spirit. Remember mm-hmm. that this is not you, like this is not ego doing this work. This is spirit doing this work, and she gave me the affirmation: all of you, none of me, all of you, none of me. And every time I got to feeling like I can't do it, I gave myself that affirmation. And Muhammad Ali teaches us that it is the repetition of affirmations that lead to belief. And once we believe with deep conviction, real things begin to happen. Mm -hmm. And our collective knows that and just be on the lookout because there's so much stuff coming out from the collective around affirmations. There's stuff that's already out around affirmations because affirmations are a transformative tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that affirmation really called for me to be in the present moment. Talk about being mindful and listening compassionately to myself, which in turn allows me to listen compassionately to the room. Monifa and I created the agenda, the very first one for the healing retreat that we did in Sacramento. And like, I just remember praying with her. I remember meditating with her. I remember setting intentions with her. I remember honoring the ancestors of our mothers and families. And, you know, the three ancestors that we were honoring that day. Mario Woods, Deontay Jones, and Kareem Johnson. These beautiful souls 
and like just to ground in the fact that they are they are human beings who were here and who have transitioned and who will still guide us and um like that's the prep work that i had to do it was a really beautiful and humbling experience because nifa and i had this agenda we had these intentions actually let me rewind because i'm not telling the story properly the oh. way we prepared was there were so many people who who helped to hold and prepare i remember i remember selena may espinosa she well i like to say her whole name it's selena may espinosa sechko and she has this process that she does with her mindfulness consulting business that um, really holds intention and she has a process that she goes through and she she created this process for us to really dream into what it was that we intended for ourselves our families our mothers and our ancestors and to dream into that with her i remember bj was in the room with us mauricia gabriels who's in a who's a phenomenal writer I remember all these intentions that we had set. And when we got into that space, like talk about the power of being and being very intentional. Like that was one of the times that I saw intent mirror impact. Hmm. It was so phenomenal. I mean, I can't even begin to describe how powerful that space was and to meet Mama Myra Jones for the very first time and to have the beautiful people that we had in that space and the community partners that we had shared that space with, to have Mama Sharon, Mama Sharon Bailey, like, I'm envisioning, I'm like, feeling like the the warmth the like yes. I don't know it's like I'm feeling the hugs of mm-hmm. I mean I don't even know how close you are to these folks but they sound like they're they like became this new family this absolutely you know support these pillars mm-hmm. I'm just you know I don't know yeah I'm like smelling exactly my mom's happened. cooking as oh, we're yeah. talking you know and, and you know as you say that what you make me remember is the imagining is where it starts. That's how we recreate the outcomes that we want for ourselves in our world is mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to imagine because and like, like in the beginning, what was there? And then God said, let there be light. And there was light like, like that just happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, I just want to like really um, allow to make allow ourselves to make space for that. What you just did and the 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 dreaming the dreaming into and the imagining because it that's healing in itself. So I appreciate you like being right there with me. Um, right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our, our mothers, like, they're my moms. Like, th- that's the African way. That's the village. Like, this is my mom. This mm-hmm. is my brother. This is my, like, mm-hmm. period. This is my dad. This is, these are women in my life who have attributed so much to who I am. Mm-hmm. And I thank God that they trusted us enough to come in. And, um, wow. yeah, we started there. We started from there. And to have Kariga 
Bailey, who's the MC of soul development in that space of the healing retreat and him trusting us with his mother. He had, he brought in his mother, Sharon Bailey. And I remember the conversations we had around how much he protects family Mm. and what it means to bring family into a healing space Mm. with experiences so sacred. So, um, I don't, I'm, I, I, I don't know the word right now, but there's a delicacy that has to take place in order to do any type of healing work around this particular type of trauma. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like really thankful for the amount of trust that was brought forth in that space because that is what set precedence for the rest of the imaginative. Wow. Like everybody that was in that room really helped cultivate something really powerful and beautiful. And that's just one, that's just one component of B. That's oh just gosh. one, like the healing retreat. I, <laughs> I got a, a pulse of like, chills I don't know <laughs> oh my gosh um that that is incredible and I you know I'm, I'm from I'm from Colombia and uh, family is is so important to us mm-hmm. and there are people that are my uncles that are not my uncles right they're not my blood uncles <laughs> there's people that are you know my tias my primas that they're not actually related you know I have like a distant my dad's uncle who's really like our father figure and I always thought of yeah. him as like you know we called him Tio Robe like Uncle Robe mm-hmm. but he was like to all shapes and purposes like my grandfather and that was you know and 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 um yeah family community it's something we've been we've been talking about in in previous podcasts I've been talking on the lives it, it's it's where it's where change happens, whether that's external, internal, you know, for for a cause, for yourself. Community is how we move forward. Wow. I mean, the level of trust, these experiences <laughs> that that shape us, they're no matter how many times you, you talk about them, they they're always gonna be raw in some way they're always going to be yeah fragile precious you know kudos doesn't even cover it for holding that space setting those intentions doing the maximum and bringing in not just one not just two but three different ancestors into a space bringing different families into a new family of introspection, healing, mindfulness, vulnerability, community in many shapes and forms are how we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Life will always throw something at us. And, That's uh, true. Yeah. That's and, so true. you know, I find, I find really interesting, you know, this portion of, of imagination. My experience with anxiety and, and depression, for me to be able to process some of the traumas that triggered it like you know how to create the safe space to discuss Mm -hmm. how to come back to those moments of trauma that feeling of of safety the not that you will fall back into 
you can be there present with it. And we did something called EMDR, which I don't know what it stands for right now, but it is essentially a process where you use your, your the, the brain's processing, sort of like what you do at night, your brain does at night to process the things that happen during the day. But you use that intentionally in like a therapy session. It is all about imagination. It is all about invoking the feelings, the voices, the temperature, the smells, the sounds, everything, and then imagining to reprocess and reshape you know, to to bring intention to that reality. Because like for me, I was, you know, avoiding the experience of having been molested as a child. And I didn't even think that it was a thing. Like as a full grown ass adult, I didn't think that was a thing that would still impact me. And finding that trauma and reimagining and being with it and processing it through this through this piece allowed me to not confront it but just sort of accept it and because of that I was able to to talk to my parents about it mm. like they didn't know you know as an adult they didn't they had no idea right and so I just like it there is there is so much power in ourselves in our minds in our ability to think to imagine I don't know it must have been like a shining light beaming at you through these difficulties that you had through this you know can only imagine incredibly intense grief to be like my imagination like healing togetherness community meditation presence spirit ancestors oh my god I love that in Colombia, we lost touch with so much of our ancestry because of colonization. We lost a lot of culture, language, knowledge because of the continued oppression of indigenous people. We, we're not really connected with that part of ourselves. Mm. And I often thought like, wouldn't it be beautiful to have that connection with our ancestors? I'm learning from you is like, it doesn't have to be ancestors from 300 years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can be ancestors from three years ago, like my uncle who passed away. Um, What's your uncle's name? Dario Martinez. My uncle mm-hmm. Dario Martinez. Was, okay. He's such a beautiful light in our lives. I don't thank you for that. I've gained so much already. Gosh, and we yeah. haven't even <laughs> we haven't even gotten talking to the other questions that we were thinking about. I mean, but that's what happens when you're guided in spirit, right? And like, mm-hmm. you know, and I just want to appreciate you for modeling that vulnerability and even being able to tell your story from a place of honoring your experience because the African and indigenous way is to remember Sankofa. And Sankofa teaches us that it is not taboo to go back and fetch and fetch. Sankofa teaches us that it is not taboo to go back and fetch what may be at risk of being forgotten. And it is important that we know that these experiences that we have had are part of who we are. It's just, it's just part of who we are. And it's not what we go through, it's how we go through it. 
That's what my mom always taught me. It's just a beautiful opportunity to honor our full, whole human self and the beauty and ugly and everything in between and really stand in spirit, right? Like what it means, like you have this agenda here, right? We have this script. We got these notes, you know, we went over this. (laughs) Which is important to have, you know, something, something that guides some intentions behind it. However, when, when spirit takes over that we have to honor that we have to honor real human to human connection. We have to honor being in the present moment because you created this when not in this moment right now, we are actually Mm -hmm. having a moment. And if we can remember to come back to these little moments and sit intentionally, like that's where the magic happens. That's where the beauty happens. That's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is being aware, being present, like right here, right now, not yesterday, not two minutes ago, not um, in the future, but like right here, right now. So I just want to appreciate you doing both, the both and. Here it goes again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I'm really loving how vivid your, uh, how tangible, that's what I want, how tangible it is to talk to you about your experiences, your path, your, this like amazing being. Cause I don't, you know, we talked about the imaginative as an organization, you know, it's a website, it's an experience, but it's like, it's a prayer. It's, it's, it's a prayer. It's a being, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, honestly alive. I can't think of a better, I mean, obviously everybody resources in their own way, everybody processes in their own way, but I feel like now more than ever, you know, we need to be accessing. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've always needed to be accessing this and I'm like, this is where I have critical hope because, oh, it has been so difficult to just be heard. Yeah. To say over and over and over, this is what I need. 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 And nobody listens. So to like it is my duty to fight for my freedom and the freedom of my people. It's our duty to win. We must love and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. It's go time right now. And this is where I have so much hope. Because I know that we're in this um, moment of such such sharp divide. However, there's a clarity that comes with this that is essential to the liberation of Black people. And I just want to say that I have never in my life felt so clear and so strong about how and where we can create a paradigm shift that really honors blackness. And that we have to know that when we honor blackness and all of its beauty and all of it and all of what is created, like, oh my God, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for making me black. I'm an educator, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think of this analogy as like, I know I'm shifting, but I I promise you I'll come back. I think of this analogy as being in the classroom. If I serve my students who have individual education plans, who have a diverse way of learning, if I center my curriculum around them, the rest of the class benefits. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. are one of our most vulnerable populations. Yes. Yes. And in the same way, when we center blackness and black beauty and black joy and black brilliance and black resilience and black power, the rest of the world will automatically thrive from that because black people are our world's most vulnerable population. And oh, what it means to have real allies in this movement for black liberation. Oh, I want to shout out all the real allies out there all the real allies, those who have stepped up. And I'm just going to speak for myself for a moment. Like Mm -hmm. I have had real allies that have really stepped up for me, who have really helped hold things for me, who have sent me food when they know that I'm working as a mother, as a teacher, as, as a human being, as a business owner, like it's so, it's already hard enough just being a black woman in this society and to be a single mother, like, uh, that's me, right? Mm-hmm. All these pieces of me. So I just really appreciate those folks in my life who have stepped up to raise money for Be Imaginative. Like those who have donated to Be Imaginative, those who have donated, whether it's finances to be, donated time and energy to do real work, real heavy lifting with lifting up B as a business, And so that we can get our infrastructure together. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things about this opportunity to build out Be Imaginative, because we're only three years old, so we have room to really dream into what we want. And the dream is because we are the people that we serve, like B is so powerful because we like we went through a lot of this stuff. It may have happened differently. We are a diverse group of black people and real allies. However, we come from the communities that we serve. Mm -hmm. And when we come from the communities that we serve and when we are the communities that we serve, we know what it means to get through, to get through (laughs) and to allow our experiences to alchemize our existence. Mm. So my challenge for myself as I lead be And my challenge for the rest of the world is for us to create opportunities for rest. Because when we create opportunities to rest and all of our needs are met, that's where we can be imaginative. That's where we can create paradigm shifts. That's Mm -hmm. where we can create the outcomes that we need for ourselves, our family, our community, our world. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we keep going we will continue to perpetuate these cycles of injustice because, Mm -hmm. and you know, you can go find a live on at Solistic Wellness. That's Shirley Johnson's Instagram. We just went live a couple of days ago having this conversation, having this conversation um, around the fact that there's a disconnect that has to happen in a person's body to be able to, to, create to produce harm onto someone else Mm -hmm. yes there's a hardening that has to happen there's a neglection Mm -hmm. to self that has to happen in order to do that but oh when we create spaces to just allow ourselves to be and to feel in our most authentic state 
oh, what it means to come back to self, what it means to come back to our own source, what it means to come back to myself and to listen to my body, my mind, my spirit, to come back to me, come back to me. If I can do that for me, I can do that for somebody else. <laughs> I'm lacking words. As a podcast host, I'm lacking words. I mean, and, uh, and you know, it's an, it's also an opportunity to really uplift Black voices too, right? Yes. Like, yes. so I really, like, even your lack of words, like, it's your time to not speak, right? Mm -hmm. That's what being in spirit is about, right? Yeah. And yeah, I really want to attribute so much to my students for teaching me so much. Like, I walk into the classroom, I walk into my classroom as an educator. And oh, when I started teaching back in 2007, oh, how mm -hmm. I thought, I thought I was coming and I was going to be teaching all this stuff. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. You're not coming in to teach shit. Aisha, you coming in to learn. These students are your teachers. You're not the teacher here. They are your mm -hmm. reflections of yourself and they are opportunities for you to love on yourself unconditionally so that you can give yourself what you need. And if you give yourself what you need, Aisha, then you can give these students what they need because they are you. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, even in the education systems, like my challenge to schools everywhere that really operate on this go, 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 go. I'm like, I made the most money in my life not go, 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 going. When I go, 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 I'm getting paid chump change. That's what I tell my students all the time. So like what it means to really stand in your power and really see yourself as a business person. I teach art. I teach photography, graphic design. I teach multimedia. That's what that's what's on the paper. However, what I really am teaching is how to be whole human beings, how to honor ourselves, how to come back to who we are, how to listen to our mind, body, spirit, soul, how to listen to each other, how to build beloved community in a place where we can hold and be held. Mm -hmm. My priority as a teacher is to honor the human being first. If we're in the people business, we have to honor people. And I think in education, this is a huge opportunity, especially now. Our young people are the people who grow up to either disrupt the cycles or to re-perpetuate these cycles. Yes. I just really want to shout out my students right now, um, my eighth graders and my advisory, because I love them. And I know that we've been going through so much through this pandemic and the state of the world right now. And I just also want to use this as an opportunity to congratulate eighth graders and to congratulate seniors, you know, especially the Black students at my school. I bring this up because I notice that when I am present with myself, I'm present with my students. When I'm present with my students, I can be present in community. When I'm present in community, I can be present for the world. I thank my students for the lessons because the person that I am has to do so much with the village that raised me and my mm -hmm. students raised me. Mm -hmm. We've been in circles, in like interconnected circles, interconnected dimensions of thought, grief, power, vulnerability, teaching, family. For me, I think. The way I think is like a spider web. Everything mm -hmm. is interconnected. <laughs> oh, and, wow. That's powerful. I'll tell you why. I, Go ahead. I am with you. I am 100% with you. I was just, I was just, I've been, you know, in this time, I will admit I haven't been taking as good care of myself, but mm. I wrote something 
and I put it out there and it's what I'm going to write for our official statement. Yeah, you know, Unconscious Bias Project, our logo, our thing, we talk about intersectionalities, you know, different identities. And but the most important right now, it's not it's it's exactly what you said. It's like when we center on black lives, when we make this our priority, we are making everybody a priority. We are actually we're going to impact yeah. black queer folk. We're going to impact mm-hmm. black sure. women. We're going to impact sure. black people with disabilities. That's and when so we good. do, we impact Latina women. We impact right. Latinx queer That's folk. Right. We impact mm-hmm. people with disabilities. Everybody, right. like everybody is uplifted. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, and it's one of the things that I've been really seeing is like the queer folk showing up, right? The the Chicana there's a bunch of like Chicanx for Black Lives Matter. And I, you know, this is what we need. We need that community. We need this broader family, this understanding of the interconnectedness of all of our struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, you said it better. So I don't even know why I'm talking. But the affirmation. <laughs> no, no, but it's that's like, the affirmation to say it over and over and over again. We have to keep saying it over and over again. Yes. We have to keep saying because we can focus on the atrocities. We can focus on the issues which are important, it's important to acknowledge and to remember and to mm-hmm. just to acknowledge the fact that that's the foundation in which we are building from, right? Yes, yes. And we have to reimagine. We have to reimagine. We have to be imaginative. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to take really good care of yourself because I've learned, and I'm going to say this again and again, when I take care of myself, I automatically take care of my son. When I take care of myself, I automatically take care of my students. When I take care of myself, I automatically take care of my collective. When I take care of myself, I automatically take care of this world. Because Audre Lorde teaches us that self-care is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and we need that. We need to think long term. Mm-hmm. We need to think long term. We needed to think long term when shelter in place hit of like, how right. are we going to sustain this new change? And we are starting to see, you know, elected officials pay attention right now for Black Lives. But this is just the beginning. We have to think long term. We have to sustain we have to keep pushing and 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 self-care is part of that. If we cannot sustain, if we're burning out every day, mm-hmm. how that's are we going to come that's back what got us, That's what got us in this mess in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like, like when I really think about it, you know, like this capitalistic society and what Black people have done to build this entire country and um, the fact that, I mean... You know, I I think about the conditioning that got Black folks and non-Black folks to where we are in this world that um, we are liberating. That's my affirmation. And that's also what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like the affirmation of liberation. Hell yeah. It makes me think of the song, Oh My God, by Outkast and Erykah Badu. And Erica Badu singing liberation over and over and over. I wish I could sing, 
She was like, liberation, oh, oh live, liberation. Like that whole, oh, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I play that and I just put it on repeat, like, <laughs> and just to dream into liberation, to imagine a liberation, to liberate myself in any given moment, to make a decision to listen to my body, because that's where the, that's where the real liberation for Black people are. And I just mm-hmm. want to challenge, especially Black folks, to liberate our bodies. When body says stop, stop. Hmm. When heart says stop, stop. When body says go, go. We like talk about the conditioning. What I did not want to say, but I think it's important to say is like coming from the times of the transatlantic slave trade and how we've been taught. Like it doesn't matter how much trauma you go through. It doesn't matter what just happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what you just saw. It doesn't matter what baby you just had. It does not matter what just happened. You get your ass back out there and you get to work. And I watched the people in my family do just that. I watched the Black people in my life do just that. And if we are going to liberate and be liberated, I feel it starts with our own mind, body, and spirit. What does my body tell me to do? And this is the conversation I was having again on live with Shirley the other day. What is my body asking for me to do in this moment? So this is my challenge, not only just to Black folks, this is my challenge to everybody. Hmm. to reconnect mind, body, spirit. Reconnect with mind, body, spirit. And heart. It's Come back to that every time. We talk about unconscious bias. What biases do we have with ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the work that y'all are doing. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, I think this is a good space to to bring us to close. And I want to echo one thing, and that's um, some of that. You know, we we're talking about where this current, you know, uprising, this movement, this protest, this no more is coming from. You know, we're called Unconscious Bias Project. We talk about a symptom. Mm. We talk just about a symptom, but unconscious bias, overt bias, racism, violence against Black people specifically. They're all interconnected. It's all Mm -hmm. interconnected. It comes Mm -hmm. from a true, real, painful history that we have to deal with in order to make change. Mm -hmm. And we we are dealing with that we are making change that we are dealing with, that we are making change. So thank you so much, Aisha, for today. This was an incredible journey with you. I'm so humbled by you sharing all of this wisdom, all of this experience, all of this artistry. I just love how you speak. Just weaving stories and life into things. So we talked everything from the core of be imaginative to where we are now, to our families, to our ancestors, to the reality of, of violence, gun violence, uh, to interconnected circles of families, of, of experiences, of people, of the power of imagination, of stopping and really being with ourselves and, you know, really using that 
to liberate. And, and we we're in a, in a process of we, we have to be engaged in this process in order for things to change. So thank you, Aisha. Thank you so much. I appreciate you as we are reflections of one another. And to see me and to see my beauty means that you can see you and you can see your own beauty. And I think that's what this work is about with um, really honoring people as human beings. And um, it's about us seeing ourselves and loving ourselves. When we love ourselves, we can love our reflections of ourselves. Thank you, Aisha. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. You can find more information and donate at unconsciousbiasproject.org. Dr. Lynette Mara, she, her, is your host. Alexis Crone, she, her, and Seth Beckman, he, him, are our editing team. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and follow us. We can be found on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or join our mailing list. UBP is a fiscally sponsored project of the Social Good Fund, a tax-deductible 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you wish to sponsor us, please contact us in the Contact Us tab at unconsciousbiasproject.org.